0: Hello and welcome to the Zero to Finals podcast. My name is Tom, and in this episode, I'm going to be talking to you about female genital mutilation. And you can find written notes on this topic at zerotofinals.com/fgm or in the gynaecology section of the Zero to Finals Obstetrics and Gynaec book. So let's get straight into it. Female genital mutilation, shortened to FGM, involves surgically changing the genitals of a female for non-medical reasons. FGM is a cultural practice that usually occurs in girls before puberty. It's a form of child abuse and it's a significant safeguarding issue. Female genital mutilation is illegal as stated in the Female Genital Mutilation Act 2003 and there's a legal requirement for healthcare professionals to report cases of FGM to the police. Let's talk about the epidemiology of female genital mutilation. UNICEF provides information and data on the epidemiology. FGM is a common cultural practice in many African countries. Somalia has the highest levels of FGM in any country. Other countries with high rates are Ethiopia, Sudan and Eritrea. It also occurs in Yemen, Kurdistan, Indonesia and various parts of South and Western Asia. Let's talk about the types. There's four types of female genital mutilation. Type 1 is where there's removal of part or all of the clitoris. Type 2 is where there's removal of part or all of the clitoris and the labia minora. And the labia majora may also be removed. Type 3 is where there's narrowing or closing of the vaginal orifice, which is called infibulation. And then type 4 includes all other unnecessary procedures to the female genitalia. Let's talk about identifying cases of FGM. It's important to recognise risk factors for FGM and identify and ideally prevent cases from occurring. Two key risk factors to bear in mind are coming from a community that practices FGM and having relatives affected by FGM. There are scenarios where it's worth considering the risk of FGM and these are pregnant women with FGM who have a possible female child that may become a victim of FGM, siblings or daughters of women or girls affected by FGM, extended trips with infants or children to areas where FGM is practiced, women that decline examination or cervical screening, and any new patients that come from communities that practice FGM. Women may also present with the complications of FGM, and this may be the presenting factor that allows you to identify a case. Let's talk about the complications. Immediate complications after an FGM procedure include pain, bleeding, infection, swelling, urinary retention, and urethral damage and incontinence. The potential long-term complications of FGM include vaginal infections such as bacterial vaginosis, pelvic infections, urinary tract infections, dysmenorrhea or painful menstruation, sexual dysfunction and dysperinunia which is painful sex, infertility and pregnancy related complications, significant psychological issues and depression, and reduced engagement with healthcare and screening, for example, not attending cervical screening appointments. Let's talk about the management. It's essential to educate patients and relatives that FGM is illegal in the UK. It's also worth discussing the health consequences of FGM. It's mandatory to report all cases of FGM in patients under 18 years of age to the police. Other services should also be contacted including social services and safeguarding, paediatrics, specialist gynaecology and FGM services and counselling. In patients over 18 there needs to be a careful consideration about whether to report cases to the police or social services. The Royal College of Obstetricians and Gynaecologists recommends using a risk assessment tool to tackle the issue which is available on the gov.uk website. The risk assessment includes considering whether the patient has female relatives that may be at risk. If the unborn child of a pregnant woman affected by FGM is considered to be at risk, a referral needs to be made. A de infibulation procedure may be performed by a specialist in FGM in cases of type 3 FGM, and this aims to correct the narrowing or the closure of the vaginal orifice to improve symptoms and try to restore normal function. reinfibulation, which is re-closure of the vaginal orifice, may be requested by women after childbirth. However, performing this is illegal. So thanks for listening to this episode on female genital mutilation. As always, a big thank you to Harry for perfectly editing the podcast and I hope you join us for the next episode where we'll talk about congenital structural abnormalities.